Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's uh, pray and then we'll get into this this morning before, uh, or in vessels here before our main morning service with Pastor Danny Bauer. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that lives in us. Lord, you said, you told us, you promised us. Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. And that spirit quickens and makes alive our mortal body. Father, I thank you that uh, it is your joy that is our strength. That, Father, we have strength in us because we've We do, we feed on your word, we fellowship with you by the Holy Spirit. And that power, that same power that raised Christ out of the grave energizes every part of us. Father, we're we're so grateful that you are our physician. According to Exodus 15, 26, you are the Lord who heals us. Father, we know that uh, according to Psalms 91, that uh, you just keep the plague away. We dwell in that secret place of the Most High and abide there. And as we do, plagues go around us. We're so grateful for it. Father, we're thankful that uh, you're our provider, our source, that the financial systems of the earth, we can operate in them, but we operate in them under the grace that is provided and flowing through heartfelt obedience to your scriptures and your truth on giving. So when the world and things around us are crying out death, destruction, we're going under, we know that our covenant never ends with you. And even though there can be darkness in the earth, there's always light in Goshen. And we are in the light. And we're so grateful for it. We're never in a position, we're never in a circumstance where your promise does not say, with every temptation, you will provide a way of escape. And so we, Lord, purpose to be the best escape artists in all the world. (laughs) We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Uh, If you could see what goes through my head. (laughs) Uh, let's go to Mark chapter (laughs) 5 we have had a great weekend of men's meetings man the glory of the Lord rolled into that room last night I mean the anointing was there every service but the that glory cloud just during worship just came right in and It was awesome. Impartations, so good. So good. Mark chapter 5, we're we're talking about the problem is not the problem. The problem is not the problem. As believers, we know uh, from Scripture that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. We know that the devil, through the work of, of Christ has been disarmed. 
<clears throat> that's found, uh, both those passages of scripture or both those truths are found in Colossians, the book of Colossians, if you're wondering. So if you read through the book of Colossians, you'll find those. Um, and I, I was thinking about this, and there's a lot of directions I could go with this, but uh, there are three main areas that I wanted to hit, faith, wisdom, and obedience. And we started in faith uh, last week, and we are in Mark chapter 5, looking at the woman with the issue of blood and then looking at uh, Jairus and uh, his daughter. Um, we looked at 1 John 5, 4, and we looked at 2 Corinthians 1, 24. Um, 1 John 5, 4, of course, says that uh, it's by faith that we have victory in this life. We have victory over all the world. And then 2 Corinthians 1, 24 talks about, Paul talks about the fact that uh, ministers don't have dominion over an individual's faith. Now, I can partner with your faith. You can partner with somebody else's faith, but you cannot dominate their faith. Um, I know sometimes, and, and this is something that the Holy Spirit uh, has brought back to me in my discussions with individuals, our staff, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is saying the same thing. But uh, a lot of times uh, Christians today are like Saul in the Old Testament. Um, and it's spiritual immaturity is what it boils down to, but they want to put their armor on David to fight the Goliath they were supposed to fight. In other words, they want somebody else to take responsibility for what God has placed as a responsibility to them individually. And our ch the churches are full of it. I don't mean that like, you know, have you ever heard? My dad used to say that to me. You're full of it, Sean. <laughs> I always wondered what it was. <laughs> I want to say, Dad, whatever I'm full of, you gave it to me. You know? <laughs> anyway, okay, so. <laughs> but uh, the, the churches are full of that mentality. And the reason why is, and I know this from my own life, is because they're not in faith. I know that sounds simple, but they don't, they're so, you can become so familiar with all the details of your mountain that you forget about your God. And you forget, and what I mean by that is actually you get wrapped up in circumstances instead of promises. And you say, how do you know when people are wrapped up in circumstances? It'll be the first thing out of their mouth. Always. Well, how are you doing? Well, I know it, 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 because uh, in our, sometimes in our attempt not to be too religious, we actually get ourselves out of faith. You know, you, you have, uh, I come from the confession camp, and that means that uh, you watch your words because the power of life and death is in your tongue. So if you come to me and we're praying and we believe God, 
Or, you, or somebody comes to you and they say, you know, one of my kids is not living like they should or, or uh, have a medical situation over here or, or something like that. And you take hands with that person and touch and agree about that situation that God, you ask God and that he is going to give you an answer. And you say, in the name of Jesus, amen. In the spirit, there's actually a stamp that goes on that prayer. Wham, done. God hears it. Angels go into action. And then you walk away from that and go, man, I sure hope that prayer works. And then all of a sudden in the spirit, the angels go from shifting into second and third all the way into neutral. They pull over to the side of the road and just put her, to, put her in park as far as the promise is concerned. Did you know that? You say, no, they, they're going to do, they're going to do what God wants them to do no matter what. Yeah, they're doing what God wants them to do when they do that. Because the Bible says that they hearken to the word of God. And the Bible says that the highway or the operation or the arm or the receiving mechanism from heaven or the promises or his nature, really him to us is the arm of faith, the highway of faith, the road of faith, the path of faith, the words of faith. And so, and now I've done this. There's no condemnation. I've said the wrong things. And I'm, I'm not talking you can't joke. I'm talking about heartfelt words. So when, a lot of times when people go into prayer, what they're actually doing is, I had this video game years ago on Nintendo. How many remember Nintendo? <laughs> Come on, Josh. A-B-A-B. A -B -A -B. <laughs> Contra, baby. Unlimited, unlimited lives. All right, anyway. I'm reliving my 12-year-old. <laughs> Man. Anyway, so I had this game, and it was uh, basketball, a basketball game, and it was called, I think it was called Double Dribble. Do you remember that one? Whoever remembers. Some of these youngers have no idea <laughs> the video games they play today. I mean, it was like flat screen. When, in this game, when you'd go to dunk the ball, like now it looks like the NBA player actually dunking it. I mean, the motions, everything you can do is just weird. How, how good it is, and it just keeps getting better. But it actually, your guy would go up to jump, and he was little squares. I mean, you could see the squares, you know, because the pixelation and everything, the graphics weren't great. And then it would switch when you're dunking to like an image of a, a guy dunking, because the game is so slow, and there's so much in there that, that you couldn't. But in that game, I haven't lost my point, so stay with me. <laughs> In that game, I had a nostalgic moment for a second. Uh, in that game, if you were at the end of the game, you could chuck the ball before the buzzer went off and throw the ball to the other hoop to try to score at the end. And sometimes you'd hit it. You know, have you ever seen basketball players do that? Or in football, you know, a last, what they call last ditch effort. They're going to chuck that ball up. I've seen Aaron Rodgers is the best at it because he actually gets it, gets to score every once in a while, you know. Um, and what, are, what are the, the announcer would say on the game? He throws up a prayer. Or if you're Catholic, I guess it's a Hail Mary. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, he throws up a prayer. And a lot of times believers are praying that way, hoping 
See, even that phrase, he throws up a prayer, or she throws up a prayer, the idea is there's no way this is going to happen, and if it does, it'll be a miracle. But Jesus never said to pray like that. In fact, he didn't, he, he was never impressed with that when you see him walking in the earth in the Gospels. He was impressed with faith. In fact, he was so impressed with faith that he actually would honor a person who was a Gentile and their faith and turn around and kind of jab his own disciples and people right in the side. He'd say, ah, hey boys, did you see that? I haven't seen that kind of faith in all of Israel. Now people think, oh, the preacher would never do that. Jesus would do that. And, and we live in a culture today, and it's, now it's infected in the church, which we are going to, we are the antivirus, just so you know. <laughs> I'm talking about this church. We're anointed to be the antivirus to this virus. But we we're, we're now have the culture of, of the demonic has so gotten into the thinking of the church that if you challenge their faith, they crumble in fear and call you mean. They crumble in fear. That what people don't realize is, is that it, through the authority structures, including governmental stuff and all that stuff, the, the motivation behind it is demonic many times. Not all the time, but a good ch chunk of the time. And I'm talking on, on both sides of the aisle, Democrat and Republican. Do you know why? Because they love their little retirement fund more than you. Demons. And so faith, if we're going to be strong in faith, we have to be able to separate our circumstance and focus on our God and discipline ourselves to his promises. Uh, Doug Jones says it this way, and he said it when he was here, um, and I love it. And, and it actually, one day we were coming in uh, for one of the meetings, and we were sitting out here, and he was preaching to me. So you don't, when he's preaching to you, you don't get out of the car. You just sit there and wait. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if you, wanna, if you want the good, if you want treasures from the men and the women of faith that, are, that have been at it for a long time, you sit there and shut up and listen. And don't share everything you think you know. Okay, anyway. So that's probably more for me anyway. Don't worry about it. All right, so <laughs> um, he's talking, and he said one of the greatest challenges, Sean, as ministers that we're always going to face. And he said, we face it. He said, I face it all the time with ministers that call in. Because you're talking about a guy who's over thousands and thousands of ministers from the RMAI all around the world. So he hears these things. Is finding ways to get people, to motivate people to do what is preached. So he says it this way, and you've heard it. You're going to know it. We have to let the truth govern what we think, say, and do. So how am I responding to what is coming against me? 
And that's where faith is, is, that's why we say the problem is not the problem many times. See, and when we're learning this in our men's book too, and, and Heidi's on it in Women's in Faith, you know, it's not like we collaborate on these things either. The Spirit of God just leads it this way. I didn't know the book Never Quit was such a good book on faith. I know those books are good because I've, I've, you know, I've read through what is being said and I know the background of, of, what's, of the ministers and things. But how it, all, these, all these things that we're in right now are, what are you going to do? How are you going to respond? Get in faith, stay in faith, stop looking at the problem. Amen. I mean, God is not concerned about the mountain. I love this quote from our book. God has more money in his petty cash account than America has in their national debt. Come on, think. <laughs> That's in our book. Why? Because he's our source. My dad's got a huge petty cash account. He just, what is the national debt right now? Does anybody know? 31 trillion. I knew Pastor Herb. I should have just asked Pastor Herb. What's the population on the planet? <laughs> Eight, billion. Eight billion. There we go. He 50. <laughs> he keeps, I, I was quoting for a while, like 7 billion, I think. And Pastor Herb goes, Sean, it's 8 billion now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God's got more money in his petty cash account. And don't think he isn't moving for us. Because he is. I mean, miraculously. Yeah. Yep. In individually and corporately. It's, it's amazing. But... Why is he able to do that? Man, when you get an eternal mindset, when, our, when, when we, I'll put it, I should say it like this. Thank you, Lord. When we establish an eternal mindset in ourselves, faith goes to another level. And remember this, every victory is on the other side of a fight. Well, I don't want to fight. Then you won't be bothered with the victory. Yay. Woman with the issue of blood. She presses through the crowd. Why did she get a healing? Well, we know she's a fighter. We know she is. You say, how do you know that? She spent all that she had on doctors. She'd been at it for 12 years. Even in the midst of this debilitating disease, she never rolled over and died. She's bleeding all the time. Imagine if you were bleeding all the time. You think she was tired? Maybe she looked a little pale? Maybe she, and, and she, she didn't just sit at home and go, God in heaven, uh, please send Jesus to my house. Now, most 
of the wisdom that would come out of the church to her would be, don't do that. That's not wise. You could die. I've got a newsflash. We all gonna die. <laughs> Unless the rapture happens. Well, I don't like that thought. I don't like it either, but it doesn't matter. Mike taught me in, at the men's weekend this week, he taught me how to die. He taught me how to be prepared for my last supper. Oh, man, that was good. On the inside, I'm just like, ah! Where's my sword? Oh, yeah, you got it in your office. Why? Because it's faith. Faith. You have that faith. What, what is cancer? What is it? In comparison to God, what is the mountain? Nothing. Okay, in comparison to God, what is death, physical death? <laughs> like like the, the, somebody said to... to uh, I think it was, uh, maybe it was R.W. Schambach. But somebody had said to him, don't you know that you could die? And he said, you're not going to scare me with heaven. <laughs> but we got to finish down here first. And the enemy is looking to take out marriages, to take out families, to take out businesses. You say businesses. Why is that a big deal? Because you're a kingdom funder. You're a, fund, a funding system for the kingdom. That's why it's a big deal. It's kingdom business principles. That's why faith is a big deal. I know, I know, I know. Oh, please, won't you give us an offering? We're going to go under if you don't. This is what people are used to or being offering to death in church. I've been in churches where there was a, a, a cup or a bucket passed at every men's meeting, every women's meeting, Wednesday night, Sunday morning. I, I mean, if I was really good, like most preachers, I'd be taking up an offering this meeting, next meeting. I'd send you things in the mail to try and get your money. I'd send you things over the internet. Now there's, why? Because they're in fear that they're not going to have enough. And I kind of made up my mind. I'm like, well, Lord, if you don't fund it, I'll do something else. Or I'll stand on the street corner and do it with no money. But I found out something about the Lord. He does exceedingly, he's got a petty cash account. Yeah. Come on, that's not even in the budget. He's got a budget too. faith well i won't get to retire the way i want to keep saying it <laughs> you say why do you say that because you look at the woman with the issue of blood and uh let's just go there now uh, verse 21 mark 5 verse 20 i better read a scripture <laughs> i'm quoting them 
Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Verse 23, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. What is he doing? He is what? Speaking his faith. Did he say, come and lay hands on her and we'll see what happens? What did he say? Well, you're mean. That's mean. That's mean if you, if you say that that's faith. You're mean. You're supposed to pray for people that are sick and then say, if it be thy will. There's only one place where Jesus prayed that, and that was at the cro- for the, before the cross. Jesus never connected, if it be thy will, to any deliverance of a person that came to him. Never. People say, well, the church fathers say, I don't care what the church fathers say. My father, the church fathers are not my father. Jehovah is my father. And last time I read in this book, in Colossians, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul said this, that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father. And then people go, well, well then they get into the why syndrome. Well, why did it happen? And they get mystical. Ooh, we just, God is mysterious. We just can't know his will. He's doing something in all of this. None of that can establish a firm foundation under us. Faith stands in the midst of confusion and declares wisdom and clarity and understanding. Well, we just can't know what the will of the Lord is on this. And the Bible says that you are to know the will of the Lord. That's what it says. Which means the issue for Jairus, Jairus didn't put the pressure of his responsibility on someone else. He took his responsibility in the spirit and then began to advance toward his answer. Well, I would be something if... I could overcome this if, and I would add this, because people will do this, if, my, if I was raised differently, even the people that have been, what they would consider they were raised by the best parents, had those parents had flaws. The parents that raise their kids the best teach their kids to go after God because they know that they're not God. Amen. Now, I'm not abdicating responsibility as a parent. I'm just saying you keep pointing them to God. And then you don't let go. You stay in faith. So people say, well, I would make more money if my boss would pay me more. I've heard stuff like this for, and you know what I hear? No faith. Because we're putting pressure. Oh, I love this. I can feel some of you just going, woo, we are stretching. I'm like, I went over to the dumbbell rack and went, here's the 50s. Put one in each arm. (laughs) 
All right, I'll give you an example. Okay, and let me finish that thought first. I would be, I would be a better husband if my wife. I would be a better wife if my husband. I'd be a better child if my dad. I'd be a, uh, uh, I'd be further along in my life if. Now I'm talking about people that know the Lord. I'm not talking about people that, if they're not saved, we're not talking about them. Don't think about them. That's a different, different category of level of understanding that we'd have to get them in faith on. I'm talking about us in the room and those that are watching online that have walked with the Lord for a few years. If we want an answer, we can have it. We can have it every time. The Lord hears us, and he, what often is this case is we don't want to hear the answer. So uh, to quote our men's book, prayerlessness is often hiding. Isolationist. People isolate themselves from people, which is not a good. You don't want to be an island unto yourself. The Lord didn't say, come and follow me, but, and go ahead and forsake the gathering of the church. Actually, we're supposed to gather together more as it, get, it gets closer to his, yeah. <clears throat> so, but also people isolate themselves from the Lord, and the Lord is a gentleman. He just won't talk. He's not petty. He'll just wait patiently. His character is perfect until we're ready. And then people will make, we as a group, will, will ignore the Lord, make decisions, and then hate the consequence, and then blame God for it. That's religion in a nutshell almost. I've had people say, well, I don't know why the Lord allowed this to happen. Guys, <laughs> I, I, I just want to take people back to Genesis 3 and just say, read it for the next 30 days, 30 times a day. The reason why we're the mess we're in is because of us. Well, if the Lord really loved, if the Lord really loved all these these people down here, he would he would save all these this group, and he would. And what they're saying is, they want they, they they're demanding a dictator when they refuse to submit to him. And the enemy's so good at confusing this stuff, and you need revelation to be able to see through it. But really, if you think about it, what what people don't realize is is that God just said. I, I, I set before you today life, blessing, and then he says, choose A. <laughs> choose option A. <laughs> choose life. What did Jairus do in this situation? He chose So you're saying, preacher, that I can do that. No, I'm not. Jesus is saying that you can do that. I didn't say it. I know it's easy, you know, it's easy to stone Stephen. Do you know why they stone Stephen? Because they hate God. So if I'm blaming someone else 
for my lack of promises manifesting in my life, it's my fault. Amen. It's just like that. And the quicker in my life that I've, I did this, the the men's book, I was doing really good in the men's book, just plugging right along through the 10 steps on how to leave and enter in chapter six, doing really good till I got to number seven and eight. And I went, oh, time to hit my knees. And some of it is you don't realize you're doing it until you get a good man or woman of God who will just preach truth in spite of the tenderness of our flesh. And then they share it, and if your heart's right, it'll hit your flesh, and you'll go, that kind of offends me, but your heart will go, give me more. And then you, from the inside, take a hold of this, the house you live in, Don't let it rule you and you go, yeah, that's right, that's right. There I am right there. Boy, that's that's not a good look for me. You're looking in the mirror going, ooh, I've had that booger sitting there. (laughs) And all my buddies in in my inner circle of friends and faith buddies thought they were walking in love, just sitting there looking at it with me, trying not to gag. Instead of sharing the love of God with me, (laughs) handing me a Kleenex. Yeah, we got her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And one of the things was that hit me was the definition that we had of humility in that book. And humility is... Uh, people that are not humble, he stated, are those who won't admit they're wrong and those basically who are chronically hurt by others. Both are pride. And I, I read the first part of it and I'm like, yes! I read the second part and I went, oh! There's the booger. <laughs> Well, they don't like you. And, and in me, it just shifted. Just that quick. Good grace of God. Just I engaged that in my heart. I opened wide open, and it just shifted. And I went, yeah. So they lied about me and tried to, tried to start gossiping. Well, I've done stupid stuff before. And what I was doing was I would admit my wrongs, but I was letting somebody's, somebody else's wrongs to me, which... You, we all could give a list, and they're not wrong. They're right. They're, they shouldn't have done it. It doesn't matter. I let it go. Well, what if they never like you? What if they do this? What if they do that? Okay. 
Thank you, Lord, that I get to suffer for your kingdom. My heart is to do everything that you have for me to do, and I'm going to move forward in that. And I'm going to believe you till the end. Well, what if, what if they go around and say your business is the most horrible business in all the world because you did this, 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 and this? Well, if there are issues within the business that need to be fixed, come on. A true humble heart will take information, even if it's not delivered correctly, and they'll properly assessment, make adjustments. But what if they continue to do that even after you make adjustments? Okay, it's coming back on them, not on me. And I love the next part of it, and we all love this part. Where it says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And people think to themselves, well, I'm a child of God. Well, so are the people that you're gossiping about. Last time I checked, he loves all of his kids. Even the ones that are living carnal. I'm not saying they won't reap what they've sown. But we just need to be careful Whoop. I don't know why God picks who he picks and why he puts them where they do, where they are. It's his temple, not mine. It's his vineyard, not mine. It's his body, not mine. Amen? So if we're going to be in faith, we've got to do like the woman with the issue of blood. And we have to decide that even though things have, even though we've tried a bunch of things and they haven't gotten better, they've gotten worse. Because that's what happens if you, that's what happened with the woman with the issue of blood, if you read it. She tried the doctor, she tried, and it didn't get better, it got worse. We have to decide when we heard, when she, it says this, when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. The Amplified says, for she kept saying. That's what it means in the Greek. So what is she doing? Well, I think she's encouraging herself because she doesn't feel like walking the distance and pressing through the crowd. So she's saying over and over, the Amplified says she kept saying, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Just keep going, woman. Just keep going, woman. Get to the clothes. Get to the clothes. Get to the clothes. As soon as I touch that clothes, those clothes, I'll be strong. I'll be strong. I'm, as soon as I get there, as soon as I touch, I'll be made well. The 12 years of bleeding will cease. What is she in? She's in faith, and it's coming out of her She purposed to press through the obstacles of circumstances, the difficulties of religion and legalism, the, the harshness of potential, even potential stoning to death, pushing past fears, pushing past common sense, natural Wisdom, pushing past all the things that say, oh, you shouldn't do that. She pressed with her words and her actions through the crowd 
She let the truth of healing that she had heard about Jesus, the truth of faith that she had heard concerning his ministry and how you receive, she let those truths govern how she thought, what she, and then how she. James probably wrote most of his epistle right out of that. He said, your tongue, church, is like a rudder. It's a, we're in Montana, it's a bit in a horse's mouth. You want to steer a horse? Turn its head. You want to steer a ship? It isn't just a big engine you need. You have to steer the ship with what? Now think about a ship, tiny little rudder in comparison. And yet, it steers it, right? Well, how am I steering my life? You know, people will make statements like this. I'll probably never get married. Well, I messed up my marriage so bad the first time, it'll probably never happen again. And yet the Lord said that he promised you. If you desire it and want it, a spouse. Well, I messed it up so bad. <laughs> well, you're forgiven, you ding-dong. <laughs> Look up the word ding-dong in the Greek. <laughs> the sweetness of the lips increases learning. <laughs> I need to read that scripture sometimes more often. <laughs> well, I messed it up pretty bad. Well, did you ask for forgiveness? Did you repent? Are you repenting? Are you changing? Well, stop living in the pig pen. Well, there's just no hope for my marriage. It's beyond help. You're right. God fell off his throne. Well, that's a tough word. I mean, God is reasonable. No, he's not according to my reason or our natural reason. I, uh, was it Rick shared about marriage in his teaching this weekend? I think he said there are two main, uh, major difficult points in marriages. I think he said one at five years or the first five years and then one at 25 years. And he said the one at 25 years, cause I'm long past the five years, but I'm approaching the 25 years. And what it is, is all the kids left. And parents go, boom, 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 and they're running, getting the kids there and here, and, and, you know. And then uh, people will have like 25 kids, and they'll say, God gave them to me, but they'll complain about the, what God gave them the entire time. <laughs> it's like, poof, you know. It just should have had a V8. Should have had a V8. Should have. 
should have had a V8. <laughs> but that, I mean, that really stuck with me when he said that, because I thought, yeah. One day, this was, this was actually more than a, this was a couple of years ago, or when, because Kylie's now second year in her college, doing her second year. And uh, Heidi and I, you know, we, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, taking Kylie down to school and then leaving. And I am not a just, I don't easily cry. Like I'm not, some, some people are more easily, you know, they, they, they're just more tender that way. And it, it's probably my own fault that I'm not, you know, I'll blame my parents. How's that? <laughs> but anyway, that's beside the point. That was the hardest, because it's like a piece of your heart just goes gunk. Well, I'm a man of faith. You believe God. But it dawned on me and Heidi. We're sitting in the car after we were back and everything. And um, I should have bought stock in Kleenex before we went down there. <laughs> anyway, so I would have made money on the deal. But anyway, so I, we got back and we're thinking, and it's in our minds. Taylor's a senior this year. And she's, I tried to get her to stay and do BFBI. <laughs> She's like, no, dad, I want to leave. I'm like, no, nobody can leave. You're all coming back. <laughs> anyway, all right, so, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a self-love issue. So, um, and we're looking at each other, and, and Heidi goes, we're sitting in the garage. Have you ever, a parent or husband and wife, have you ever done this? You park your car in the garage, and you're in a conversation. This is when our kids, and you don't want to go in the house because you can't carry the conversation in there, so you gotta finish it in the car so the kids don't know what you're talking about. So we're just sitting in the garage, the car's off. Of course the car's off, okay? It's not, it's not that kind of situation, all right? <laughs> we're sitting in the garage, and, and Heidi looks at him and he goes, when the kids all leave, what are we gonna talk about? And it was crickets. And we're just looking at each other and I'm like, this is the girl that I chased around and tried to make out with all the time. And I hunted her down, you know what I mean? Before we got married. And then after we got married, you know, it's just you. You've, you've bonded. And then a kid comes in and you're like, what happened? Which is our fault. Because the Lord knew. And she's like, well, we're not going to just talk about the ministry, so what are we going to talk about? So we started walking together. And we walk and talk and laugh and joke and we're doing good. I know exactly what we're going to do when the kids leave. Have more money. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.